is the Live Well Talk on COVID-19. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at UniPoint Health, St. Luke's uh, Hospital, Cedar Rapids. Uh, today on the podcast, I'm going to discuss the Omicron variant, uh, what we're seeing in the community, and what we'll see in the near future. As well, we have an episode of the mailbag at the end, which I'm always excited to get to. Uh, first off, let's uh, start talking about what we're seeing in the community. We've seen the steady uh, volume in the hospital of COVID patients right around 42 to 50, and this has been rather consistent. Uh, the one new thing from previous podcasts we talked about is that the uh, percentage of vaccinated people in the hospital has increased. It was around about a 90-10 split, 90% unvaccinated, 10% vaccinated, and we've seen that unvaccinated, that vaccinated increased about a little less than 30% in the last week or so, which is what other people are seeing around the country. Now, you, you have to, the, two deductions can be made from that. Is One is that the Omicron variant is not responsive to uh, or susceptible, if you will, to the virus or that the, the, the vaccines are wearing off, which, uh, as we know, that could be a distinct possibility. The County remains at a high transmission. I think it was like well over a thousand cases uh, per hundred thousand, and we need to get down to uh, fifty cases per hundred thousand. So we're a long ways away from that. With the active number of cases in the county this morning was ten thousand four hundred forty-eight. The wastewater report, uh, which we also have a comment in the mailbag, uh, the wastewater uh, is going down two weeks in a row, actually three weeks in a row. Uh, and that is a great sign because we do see that the, the, the spike uh, or the, the end of the uh, uh, plateau that we've been on may come up in the next couple weeks. Uh, I'm predicting probably mid-February. Uh, Dr. Meyer, my counterpart, he's predicting early March. So let's see which one of us is, uh, is right. I'll continue to follow that. The new uh, therapeutics out was the... Uh, combination uh, Paxlovid, which is uh, taken twice a day for five days uh, to shorten the uh, duration of the illness, and uh, Malnupavir uh, also uh, to be used. But the volume of that drug uh, in the community is really quite low. Uh, There's a limited supply of it. And uh, so even if your physician would write for those uh, drugs, uh, the chances of the pharmacy having that are pretty slim, and you can go on the Iowa Department of Public Health will tell you where it is. I think one of the the things in the last two weeks, maybe, I don't think we've talked about it, is that the CDC has talked more about people with COVID rather than because of COVID, meaning they were admitted to the hospital and they just happen to have COVID. Uh, and that's been something we've observed, particularly on our behavioral health floors, our uh, pregnant women coming in to future moms. Uh, and that does influence the uh, number of COVID patients in the hospital. But it's you have to keep track of that, one, to uh, mitigate and, and make sure that doesn't spread, and two, uh, the extra personal protective equipment that people have to uh, don and doff uh, to, to prevent that. We have had a limited supply of the monoclonal antibody. We've also given the remdesivir antiviral. We started that this week on Monday. Uh, a tip of the hat to um, Jeremy and his crew with the infusion center uh, coordinating that. Uh, that's been uh, uh, right 
uh, just, just outstanding service and a blessing in the community. As we've talked uh, throughout the entire pandemic, typically coronaviruses or these type of respiratory illnesses tend to get weaker as they mutate. And data did come out this week, and I'll, I'll share the percentages. Omicron has a 53% uh, reduction in hospitalization, 74% reduction uh, in ICU stays, and a 91% reduction in death. And this is a Kaiser Permente study, which is out on the West Coast, and of uh, interest that no Omicron patients were placed on the ventilator. Uh, so that's reassuring, and also it does support uh, the observation, as we've seen cases go up in the community, our, our, our hospitalizations are plateaued, meaning that Omicron probably does not cause uh, as much damage, if you will, to the body as did Delta variant. Lastly, in today's update, keeping with the uh, ever-changing, dynamic, fluid, whatever adjective you want to use to describe the pandemic, the CDC changed uh, their nomenclature, their language that it's not considered fully vaccinated, but up to date to include the boosters, which I found that very interesting. At the same time, the NCAA is, I have a daughter that plays college basketball. They are determining that you, they, they are saying that boosters equal vaccinated and that you have to be within two months of the J&J, &J, five months of the Pfizer and six of the Moderna to be considered fully vaccinated. Otherwise, uh, testing is required frequently in isolation. So, uh, Things change so fast, you can, uh, uh, nobody's an expert because it changes every morning, it seems like, and uh, that's been the way of life for the last two years, but uh, we make do and we do the best we possibly can. That's the end of the COVID update, but, but stick around and we'll have another episode of The Mailbag where I answer listeners' questions. Welcome back to The Mailbag. Uh, this is a uh, part of the podcast, relatively new, uh, where uh, questions are submitted and then subsequently answered by by me on uh, during the podcast. Uh, and the first question today is Kayla. I think that it is widely known that even people who have been vaccinated are still spreading COVID nineteen. That is true. Are are vaccinated people really and less likely to spread COVID nineteen than those who are unvaccinated? Well, let's just stop there. Um, yes, the vaccines. Uh, do not prevent transmission. The vaccine protects the person that received the vaccine. That's the best way to say that. It protects them from getting COVID. Doesn't protect you from spreading it. Doesn't protect you from necessarily getting it. It does prevent the seared severity of illness. Kayla goes on to ask what studies are showing about the difference between spread between vaccine and unvaccinated. And that's what it's showing. Now, the vaccinated, let me get this right, have less of a viral load uh, in their upper airway, meaning they don't have uh, quite as much as the unvaccinated, but still it's significant enough to continue with transmission. Kayla goes on to ask a, an, another question. My parents haven't been vaccinated, so I've not allowed them to hold my infant, but I'm wondering if they are really that much more likely than me, vaccinated, working in healthcare to pass on the virus to my son. I, I, I don't think they, I, I don't think they are at higher risk. I think they should be able to hold, you, you should let them hold your infant. Uh, the risk to the infant is uh, small, kids, tend to do very well, particularly with Omicron, and the risk really would be to them. And they, they probably should wear a mask. That will provide some protection, but not, it's not a definitive protection. She goes on to state, yes, about the mask. They wear a mask around him. I don't wear a mask around him when I'm at home. Thanks so much for your input, as it's been weighing heavily on me. 
I, I, I think it'd be fine to let the grandparents uh, hold the child. Uh, again, good hand hygiene. Uh, don't share eating utensils. Uh, don't uh, share uh, drinking cups with each other. Uh, but the grandparents, uh, that would be fine. If there is a risk, it's probably a risk to them since they're unvaccinated, and they should make the decision whether or not they'd like to wear a mask. Uh, but the transmission, whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, really is is about the same. So it, it really doesn't, there's no protection on transmission. As I said before, and I'll summarize, COVID-19 vaccines protect the person that received the vaccine. And we still see the vaccinated having less morbidity and mortality than the unvaccinated. The next question is from Audra. With the high rate of Omicron in the wastewater that you mentioned on your podcast and, and the peak being projected for two weeks from now, do you think it would be in our community's best interest to mask up in our schools and do a strong push for city mask mandate for two weeks to help slow down Omicron? Yikes, 40% positivity rate is too high. And positivity rate dropped to 38%. That's, that's pretty, uh, you know, that's directionally, that's great. But uh, yeah, the wastewater is going down uh, which is the three weeks in a row now. And that, so that's a great observation uh, and very directionally, very supportive of that. Back to the mask, if they're worn correctly, I don't think mandates, people typically don't uh, wear them correctly. Uh, they should be the uh, N95s that need to be fitted. Uh, and the transmission in school-aged children is quite low. So I'm, I don't think that would influence the termination of the pandemic. Uh, but it, it, it certainly wouldn't harm it, and uh, that's always been my opinion on the mask, that I don't think they should be mandated, but I think if you, you should wear it in certain circumstances, uh, particularly in public transportation or anytime you're in a place that is poorly ventilated, uh, elevator, long car ride, etc. Our last question is from Nicole. What is the short amount of time you've seen between a patient's first and second COVID diagnosis? It's been about, I think it's just about a year on the cases I can recall. And I don't, I know, I don't think I've seen anything shorter than eight months for sure. I know that. So I'm going to say about eight months to a year. And that second uh, uh, infection is less intense and probably related to one of the variants. And there is some natural immunity carryover. With Omicron and more breakthroughs, have you seen any patients test positive again less amount of time than previously? No, I haven't seen that with the Omicron, but I've seen patients have breakthroughs uh, on uh, with Omicron because it's a, it's it's different in the spike protein uh, antibodies that the vaccine induced uh, are not effective against the, that variant. Great questions, and that's all for the mailbag today. Uh, if you'd like to submit a question to the mailbag, feel free to do so by going to unitypoint.org/mailbag. I'll answer the questions about COVID-19, latest technologies, general medical questions, uh, and we probably should do one on hypothermia since it's uh, minus whatever today. Uh, this is the one day of the year I do wear this uh, heavy sweater. Uh, so uh, so please feel free to go to the mailbag and, and uh, uh, send, submit questions, but it's not an alternative medical care, of course. And any questions of personal symptoms or conditions, you should go to your uh, personal clinician that takes care of you, or if it's an emergency, as always, dial 911 or present to the nearest emergency room. Once again, you can submit your questions to me at the mailbag, unipoint.org backslash mailbag, and that's the common spelling of mailbag, M-A-I-L-B-A-G. Uh, look forward to hearing from our amazing listeners. 
Thank you for listening to COVID-19 Update. For the latest COVID-19 vaccine information and therapeutic information and more, visit unipoint.org. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.